Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. So what's good with you, man? Like, uh, I see that uh, you, you must have getting off work. I seen you were saying, like, you were getting... I was like, feel that? Because I had just got home, like, probably like an hour before you were saying... <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, I just barely got home. I had just enough time to, you know, kind of settle in throw something down the hatch and just hop on here, you know, but I'm, I'm chilling, chilling, you know, kicking back. So how long you been doing all this, like, uh, looking into stuff and like kind of dabbling in this world? Cause you're an author as well, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, dude, it's been pretty much my whole life, but, uh, more specifically, it started around like 12 to 14 years old, started like really like reading and watching documentaries and having certain, life experiences that led me down this this journey of eventually becoming like an author and document tour but uh as i noticed you make music you make hip-hop um i was also a hip-hop artist for most of my life too so that was actually one of the first um art forms that i used to express the knowledge that i was learning back in high school and stuff but yeah man it's just been an, an evolving process throughout my whole life and that was a crazy thing right like that during this whole like scandemic whatever we want to call it that the underground because i'm like you know I, i'm assuming that you're a little bit more into the underground realm of the hip-hop spectrum as like me you know i like all of different kinds of music but like i would say if i had to put myself somewhere probably be closer to the underground you know that's where you know battling draft uh djing breakdancing i used to breakdance and stuff like that so i was like all in that world and when i seen this scandemic and so many hip-hop heads were like going along with it it was just weird to me because i was like i thought we were like like against the authority like you guys told me oh, about yeah. this stuff like you know what i'm saying like i was getting mad yeah, at them, like. <laughs> yeah i know you saw like the real motive you know because these guys make a money uh, make money and a living off of touring and shows so of course they were gonna play ball man yeah. but 
I knew that I, I come from a hip hop background, actually. It's, it's what uh, a lot of people don't know that about me, you know, in my recent, you know, touring of podcasts and stuff. I mentioned it here and there, but actually I, I'm a very hip hop oriented person. Um, I've got a lot of stories with that. But, uh, dude, yeah, I learned that early on, like in, in local hip hop. That's what kind of drove me away from it was learning that, like, people weren't really about what they say they're about. But yeah, so it wasn't a surprise to me, man, to see to see for one the government do what it was doing because I mean that was a given. Yeah. But then to see people turning their backs on each other, that was just a whole other level of all of this. Yeah, and it kind of gets us into like where you see what life is now. Like you know how when we talk about conspiracies and you know like that's what I would tell people like you know everybody calls it like truther and red pilling now, and I always kind of like it's not that I'm against it. It's just that like. Like you were saying, we just would pass around documentaries, like different books, like, man, you're about this. Oh, man, you're this crazy shit. Like, and then you'd hear or you'd hear, like you said, in a song, like I'd hear like someone use a punchline, you know, like a Vinnie Paz or when we said like yeah. different, like, like underground artists, Dead Prez was huge on like kind of like uh, feeding like a lot of information of what was going on. And when you're listening to that, then you look it up, right? You're like, well, what is MK Ultra? Hey, oh, wow, this is a real thing. And then from there, you go further and further and see like, okay. There's levels of like, okay, let's decipher propaganda. Like, what did the CIA do? And then there's next levels of the secret societies and the connections of bloodlines and who's actually pulling the strings to all these puppets. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how it happened for me, too. Like, I always say that one of the defining moments for me in my journey with knowledge was listening to Jedi Mind Trick's song, uh, The Winds of War, mm. where he mentions, you know, where are you going to stand when the Elohim return and I just I didn't know what that was I was like damn like who the Elohim where am I gonna stand when they return so like that I started researching that and it led to just a whole plethora man of knowledge and studies and here I am you know more than 10 years later like still trying to figure it all out yeah that's why like like yeah. I was saying it was kind of weird like in the beginning even with like the Trump thing like me I'm never like I just say like I thought we all agreed that like presidents are selected not elected and then where everybody's still taking sides I'm like why are we even bothering taking sides anymore man like we've haven't we figured yeah. we already it's it's well known and well documented that like this is a connection that it's a big club and you ain't in it <laughs> yeah exactly that's why I say man so there's not the left administration or the right administration there's just the administration and fuck the administration exactly the state yeah. in general that's why i just go like by uh you know fuck the state in general man that's my automatic enemy yeah. and that's why we gotta learn more <laughs> and figure out like what they're you know like these plans because like i think people think like it's far-fetched you know like about secret societies and and what's out there like they think it's really not it's something that you can totally see look look at fraternities you know what i mean look at like the brotherhood yeah. of, of different people have and then people can keep secrets like and that's the whole point of it they want that 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 thrill of being involved in something even the low level people where they're just like thrilled to be involved in this you know what i mean like oh man i'm just so happy yeah. i'm at the party man like i'm at the orgy I mean, like, I'm yeah, in. I made it in. <laughs> yeah, dude, that, that's kind of how I view it. It's just like, it's just people being people, you know, like when I was younger and I got into all this study, I was fascinated and, and you know, concerned that there were like these deep state societies like controlling the world. But as I've aged and I've become an adult myself and I see how the world really works, I'm not I'm not tripping on these people because they're just as stupid as any other person. You know, it's just that a lot of them were born into positions of power or 
um, were just smart. Some of them were smart people who moved their way up into positions of power, but uh, it, they're just people. And we all have the same ability, the same right, you know, capability to, to uh, achieve these positions of power and do good things with them. Oh, most definitely. Like, I think that's like the point of this whole world is like, I think that's why like music was beautiful. Like, I don't know if you ever seen like, uh, there's a YouTube channel called uh, the Tupac hoax. I don't know if you ever like ran down that rabbit hole. I, I, I've I've gone down it a little bit. Though, I, well, it might be a different one. I went down the one where where he was an actor all along. Is that what you're talking? Well, about? it's kind of like yeah, they're like insinuating that like his whole artistry was the 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 Gemini, so it was two sides. So uh, that like yeah, how they yeah. would show him say like he would be all like you know hey I'm for the children, dear mama, like da da da, like where Brenda has a baby, but then at the same breath. Like, like he'd be like, oh, kill him. Fuck that motherfucker. I'm going to, hey, bro, this, blah, 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 blah. So they were saying how he yeah. would switch and got control of people that even that his whole Machiavelli album dropped on Easter. You know what I mean? Uh, so like, yeah. as he was, that was his resurrection moment. Like he was the, 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 you know, he predicted his death. It was, it was just so much that they have a whole channel, man. It's, it, it goes in detail <laughs> on different parts of music, but it's pretty interesting, man. Like just to see like. Yeah where all this can be like it's true like there's artists i love man and 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 maybe when i was 14 or 15 i might think differently but now being an adult like you said like being aware of what's on there like i can still like their and listen to their music or watch these movies i know a lot of people say like oh i can't do that i say i can't because i i see it differently man i use it as a, a, a force of either not just decoding but sometimes just unplugging or just like to create because i'm an artist so like i need some kind of inspiration i need something that's going to give me an idea like spark something where it's going to move me and make me want to either write a song make a beat you know what i mean like uh, uh get on a podcast maybe try to like whatever you know what i mean but it's going to get my mind yeah. going and moving and i think people don't use it like that a lot of other people just use it as uh unplugged entertainment or just like i have to watch this and they get too addicted to it because i think that's a lot of the problem that these societies have figured out. And that's why we have all these think tanks that the way a human works is that like, you know, they just kind of roam round and round and then they, they start getting addicted to things like, Oh, I need this thing. I need this thing. Whether it's a relationship, whether it's a, a phone, a TV, a TV show, et cetera, et cetera, you can replace it. And once we, we are so consumed with this consumerism of what life is, we're so susceptible to their plans. Cause like you said, they're not smart people. There is some smart yeah. people in that that have created, but really we could defeat any of these people one on one in a in a, w a match of wits easily. Yeah. But because we're so consumed yeah. with this bullshit that we can't. Yeah, yeah, it's just we don't understand the way that the world works. You know, most people don't. They just they just assume the position. You know, because yeah. they're taught as kids that their government is like the authority and they're smarter than more powerful than them. But if you, you know, just study these stuff, this stuff in, in depth, you'll, you'll find that like the government, they're just people, you know, and in the conspiracy community or in the truther community, we always talk about the them or the they, right? And I've spent a lot of my time and my life trying to decode who the they is, because if we just say they and them and Illuminati, as well, you know, the Illuminati, for example, is a generic term. And I just dropped a documentary on the Illuminati on my esoteric Eddie TV on YouTube. And even just that, for example, like the Illuminati is, is such a generic scapegoated term, but the history of the actual Illuminati is so much more different than we've been led to believe. And the same goes for our, our world and our government is, is we think it's a they and it's a them, but it's really a very specific set of, of they's and them's like, um, like, for example, the, recently I've been studying uh, the, the, the 
the, I forget, how do you pronounce it? The Dules, the Dules brothers. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but it was, uh, I think Andrew Dules and Foster Dules. But these two dudes, like they were, uh, one of them was the head of CIA and the other one was like the head of secretary of state, like during like the fifties. And it's these two dudes who were like, so like handily responsible for tarnishing America's uh, reputation with third world countries and now third world superpowers and, and like doing all that damnation throughout the fifties and onwards this, of like taking down democratic countries and installing puppet masters. So it's like, we need to get specific about who the, they are and who the them are and realize that, uh, you know, it, it's just people, man. It's just people fucking up or people getting into positions of power, but we too can elevate ourselves. Yeah, and and showing like uh like some kind of paper trail, you know, like I think it's uh I'd say this a lot, and it's not any this towards any certain conspiracy, but I think that when we can kind of get a little bit of a paper trail for people to show other people, I'm saying like we can have theories yeah. and speculate all we want on anything, but to have a little bit of evidence so we can move move it forward. So this court, I keep saying the most important thing is the court of public opinion. You know what I mean? It's not the court yeah. of law. It's the court of public opinion. What do the people think? If we can make the masses understand that there is a, a, a better way, there is options, there is people trying to manipulate you in what you're doing and see that, hey, you don't like that because you like that. You like that because they're, they're programming you to like that. And why are they programming? And, and until we can uninstall some of these programs from people, we have to show them evidence because if we just say whatever, uh, uh, that might say off the wall. I always tell people, I don't know. I'm 50-50 on everything. Like a lot of flat earthers get mad at me because I just go, hey, man, yeah. I don't know, bro. Like I'll give you fifty yeah. percent. I'm never gonna know, bro. Like I'm not going up. Yeah. I'm not going to the edge, and I'm not going up. You know what I mean? I listen. Yeah. I love talking about it. I only don't like when people kind of just go, "Nah, you like it has to be this way." And anything I don't like that. You know, it's like, hey man, I don't know, yeah. man. I'm just speculating, and we're discussing, trying to figure stuff out. So I think it's easy. Like when you're talking about CIA, I talk a lot about that too. You know, operations that we could point to, or or moments in history that we could point to that like. It's not definitive, like anything could be rewritten, but I'm saying at least it's something. Like we're we have to give yeah. them something because we if we don't, it's just speculation and we're just crazy people. Yeah, yeah. And on that point, it was Alan Dulez and his brother John Foster Dulez. Um, last name D-U-L-L-E-S, mm. um, however that's pronounced. But the, yeah, um the Dulez brothers uh during the Eisenhower pres uh presidency but yeah man you're right like we have to actually like be scholarly and academic and leave a paper trail and do our homework and our research because uh we can only fight what we know you know so if we're just running around using they them the reptilians are after us or whatever mm -hmm. like we're letting all these people like the Dulles brothers you know be get away with what they're doing and be forgotten in history let let their evils be forgotten in history but uh yeah, man. And then we're Ooh. forced to fall for false idols. You know what I mean? Because then people yeah. are so wrapped up because they're like, they, them, them. That's the bad guy. Oh, this has to be the opposite of it. This is the good guy. Putin's the good guy. Trump's the good guy. And you're like, dude, it's the how much. And then it gets frustrating because you're talking to people about controlled oppositions and the connections of people. And then you're like, dude, we just talked about this. Like, but it's because yeah. they have this need for wanting hope. And what I'm trying to drive home with everybody when we have any of these conversations is just like we are we are the hope, man. Us yeah. living, us having a conversation, like just being able to like have free thought, critical thinking and being our own person 
is the hope that we need. And I think if we could pass that love and compassion on to as many people as possible, as much as possible, then it will it will be much a better place. Is it easy? Hell no, man. Sometimes I want to punch people in the face. Like, you know what I mean? But I think that, <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. that we could connect on these levels through history. Like, you know, that's why we were wanted to talk yeah. a little bit about like the Illuminati and like the history of yeah. like what people wanted to bring to the table. You know, like that. I think that is, do you think that the Illuminati is is intricate in what's happening or do you think that is just a a a face like that we use like you said the them yeah yeah well we can get into it i mean i I just dropped a documentary um chronicling the the actual illuminati uh and its history and its downfall and um so we can get into that in a second but to answer your question i think that today we're we're witnessing uh, a complex array of different organizations which some are even battling with each other, but all of them, most of them kind of stem from that uh, Illuminati-esque doctrine and belief system that all came from the era of enlightenment. Um, Because we got to understand like prior to the 1700s, you know, when, when America was forming, when the French revolution happened and all these, there was a rebirth of occultism and, and, uh, you know, with the Rosicrucians, the Illuminati, Freemasonry prior to the 1700s, the world was, was gripped under the inquisition and the church and state monarchical rule that was killing people, torturing people for speaking freely as we are doing right now. But once the Inquisition started to end and once, you know, people started to push back through secret societies, um, then this idea of of revolution and enlightenment and separation of church and state started to to be birthed. And then um, there was the immediate Illuminati, which I can get into. But then after that fell, you know, in, in the early 1800s and then and then the turn of the Industrial Revolution then the minds, the business minds came in, the cor- corporate minds came in, the corporatocracy came in. And then that became the, the giant monster, which saw the opportunity for the first time ever in human history to take over the world um, in a new way where it wasn't about religion, but it was simply about corporatism. And corporatism came and then just took the world by storm. And then all these other things happened, psychology and technology and then now we're living in the new version the next evolution of that which is the technocratic state where it's technology merging with the corporatocracy and then behind that you still have the driving force of the luciferian doctrines that were born out of the enlightenment era and eventually it's going to be this fucking ultron of the new world order you know with all those things playing a part yeah so so see like so let's get into the history then like so you're saying originally that this was something that was uh maybe beneficial to us as a species, like as our enlightenment of like we're we're starting to figure things out in a different way, right? And then as it started dying off, people that were more business savvy and creating corporations and trying to be a part of or maybe the first people a part of the industrial revolution, they used it as a catalyst to gain power and control. Yeah, pretty much. It, it- it did start off as a benefit, a beneficial idea, because the church and state were ruling at the time. So what happened with the Illuminati in particular is uh, the founder by the name of Adam Weishaupt, he was a German born in, in uh, Ingolstadt, Bavaria, in Germany. 
And he he was his father died when he was like three or something. And um, I couldn't find anything on his mom, so I don't know what's up with his mom. But he was taken under the wing of his of his uh, what do they call it? His uh, his guardian, right or, or whatever. Um, so he was taken under the wing of his guardian, who was a Jesuit priest. And at that time, in the in the uh, 1700s, the Jesuits who had who had been ruling as a secret society for for quite a number of years were starting to be condemned and outlawed. So they were facing this weird like scrutiny or whatever. And but Weisop, Adam Weisop, grew up under the Jesuit priesthood. He was taught by his Jesuit, you know, a guardian, and he was highly educated. And he went to university at the age of twenty the University of Bavaria in Germany at the age of 20, graduated around 24 and became a professor at the age of 24. But he was a rebellious guy and he kind of like didn't want to do what the Jesuits were doing. So he was going his own way. And then the Jesuits were officially outlawed. And after they were outlawed, all these positions of education and local government opened up because the church and state were so closely tied that the Jesuits kind of like had a monopoly on the education system and the local government systems. So when they were outlawed, people like Wysop got the chance to fill in those roles. So uh, being in his 20, he was 24 years old. So he was a young, literally a young libertine college, you know, university guy. And he um, utilized Freemasonry because at that time, Freemasonry was, was a legal secret society. They were allowed to do their practices at their lodges, but the only um, rule or, or law was that they could not talk about politics or religion in the lodges. That was it. But Weisop and some of his, his buddies, you know, were, were utilizing the secret societies as forums, the same way as we would use like Instagram or yeah. Reddit or Discord as forums. So back then, you know, the, the meeting places of the Freemason lodges were the forums. So he would go there and they were starting to, to build their own secret society, the, uh, which actually started off as the Society of the Perfectibilist. So they were known as um, the Perfectibilist. And um, the I and the, the I was actually never used by them as a symbol. That was tacked onto them later on because that, that I, the I and the pyramid and all that was actually a famous Renaissance Christian symbol for God, which was adopted by the Freemasons as the eye of Providence. And then later on, we kind of just coupled Freemasonry and Illuminati and all that stuff together. But the perfectibilists actually used an owl as their symbol, that what was known as the owl of Minerva. But uh, they, they later changed, a few years later, they changed their name to the Order of the Illuminati, the Enlightened Ones. So they're going to Freemason lodges and they're like on the hush hush on the low, trying to recruit people to their secret society and they get a following going. And then um, Wysop has the help of, uh, excuse me, uh, three, uh, three men in particular who played a huge role in the Illuminati. And um, one of them was a lawyer by the name of Zwack. And uh, so Zwack, he actually held some some positions in the local courts and he was down for Wysop's plan, which was basically to um, tear down religion. What Wysop wanted to do is was he wanted to kind of just get rid of this whole this old guard way of, of religious rule. Because the religious rule to... at the time was like suppressing everybody. Right. Like this was their tyrannical yeah. government that they were facing. Yeah, exactly. So this, that was their tyrannical government. So like they were trying to fight back and and, and find a way to where they could infiltrate society through different positions and then basically move their move their men into the positions of power and slowly change the laws, slowly change the doctrines and the beliefs of the people. 
So he had Zwack, which was uh, a very loyal dude who had positions in the courts and stuff like that. And he was a disciple of Weissop, so he would go around and, and uh, recruit more people. And then he also had a dude by the name of Baron Von Nigg. And um, Baron Von Nigg was like the right-hand man to, to Weissop. He recruited uh, most of the people. And he himself was a, was a mystic and an author. And he had reached all the levels of Freemasonry by the time he was like a teenager or something. Oh, yeah, so he, but, but uh, he felt like Freemasonry wasn't even enough. So he was hyped to like, you know, take everything he knew with Weissop and build something new. But Baron Von Nigg was, was a mystic. He loved mysticism and he was somewhat of a mystic mystical Christian. So he still had, you know, you know, appreciation for, for Christianity and Jesus and that kind of stuff. And, and uh, but Weissop was just a straight up atheist, you know, um, later on as an old dude, when he was writing apologetic letters, he kind of like reverted a little bit and, and started to like think back on Christianity. But in his young twenties, he was a straight up atheist and just wanted to abolish government, wanted to abolish religion, wanted to eradicate the educational systems and flip it all around so that like the world could be free and, and openly speak about liberating ideas. So these three dudes, Wack, Bram Von Nigg and, and uh, Weissop were uh, recruiting a bunch of people. I think at the height, they had like, uh, let me see, like 3,000 people all around Europe. And um, another person that was very important in all this was a dude by the name of Nikolai. And Nikolai was actually already famous in, in throughout Europe for owning several publishing um, houses. So he it was kind of like, I don't know how you could you could think of it as like Amazon in a weird way, yeah. like back in the day. He owned different publishing houses all throughout Europe and they were very influential. Like they also gave uh, reviews to 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 books and authors. So like it was almost it was almost like equivalent to what we would think of as like the left the leftist media, whereas like they kind of like dictate what is good and evil to the people. That's what Nikolai's publishing house was back in that in that time. They would make or break authors. They would make or break ideas. And, and he was in, in line with Weissop's thinking, with, with libertine ideas and try to like trying to eradicate the old religious monarchical rule. So he was always bigging up people with that idea and always talking down to people with like the old traditional ideas. And then once he got met up with Weissop and his guys, they started pushing out like all these Illuminati papers, Illuminati ideas and started changing society in that way. So uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a funny way, the Illuminati was, was the original left, you know, was the original yeah. leftist. But uh, but they were doing it for a good reason. They, they were fighting the, the, the origin of the right. Right. Because in America, we view the right as being like the conservative, traditional theologian yeah. type of uh, a rule. And then the leftist being this libertine, uh, subjective morality. That's what Illuminati was. It was it was this subjective morality, all about free liberalism, but it's all gotten twisted today, and it's like the roles are sort of reversing now. It's all blending. Line, yeah, I was gonna say, and then uh, would you say that guy Nikolai, like him being at these publishing houses, he was able to dictate what culture felt, right? Like he he goes, this is culture now. This is what we're into. This is our fashion. This is like, you know, a lot like how Edward Bernays, when he pushed for PR, like they always had that famous where he was talking about trying to get women to smoke cigarettes and that they were going to change the packaging for Lucky Strikes because green was, but they're like, ah, we can't change the colors. So what they do, they hopped on the, liber the women's liberation movement. They were like, oh, why can't you guys smoke? They're like, yeah, we should smoke too. 
boom, there you go. You know what I mean? The manipulation yeah. is on so many different levels. And I think that's where they probably seen it. Like where they're seeing like, hey, people love books. People like reading. We can get in their brains. And then that's like kind of the beginning of like propaganda. Yeah, dude. Yeah, the Illuminati and their doctrines like would set off a wildfire for all the other you know, deep state societies to copy. And um, so as these dudes were doing their thing, local Freemasons were like catching on, local people were catching on and some of their letters and papers were being um, like declassified and exposed. So uh, the elector, as they would call it, or like the governor of Bavaria, his name was Theodore. He was like issuing warnings to, to Weissop and his people and the Freemasons like, yo, you better chill out with this like stuff. And eventually it led, it got too crazy. People were freaking out. And it even got to the point where um, there were some two, two primary sources that were written about it during the time. And one of them was um, by a dude by the name of John Robison in a book titled Proofs of a Conspiracy. And, and he wrote this like during Weishaupt's time, he wrote the book exposing like, yo, this guy Weishaupt, he's like trying to do this crazy shit where he's trying to take down governments and abolish, you know, family values and all these things. And um, there was a, a, a reverend by the name of G.W. Snyder who actually sent a letter to George Washington and that book advising him to look into the situation. And we still have the response from Washington in the Library of Congress. You can look it up. You can find, you can see the letter and literally see Washington's handwriting talking about the Illuminati. Mm. And, he, and yeah, and he's, and he basically, but he basically kind of just like Washington basically just shrugs it off like he ain't tripping. He's just like says, um, I, I have not heard of them. Thank you for sending me the book. Um, but uh, I believe there's nothing to worry about, you know, and he basically says, I'm too busy to look into these things. And I understand. I mean, it was Washington, you know, trying yeah. to start a nation. But uh, that's just fascinating, you know, that it was that widespread. And then there was another primary source by uh, a guy by the name of Ave Barou. He was, uh, I believe, a French priest. And he also wrote uh, a, a book then titled um, The History of Jacobinism where he was also exposing Weishaupt and his and other secret societies at the time. And um, so all this is happening and Weishaupt starts kind of like losing his grip on his guys. You know, he's just so hell bent on all of this. He's losing his grip on reality. And then um, towards the end of his days, he accidentally gets his homie Zwack's like um, young sister pregnant. And he's and at that time, like out of wedlock pregnancy, even for them was yeah. like like absurd. Especially because so they're run under uh, the Jesuits and like right, pretty much a religious and religion was way more impactful way back then than now. Like you know what I mean? Like you said, like yeah. you're literally might you might get ousted out of town for some things like that. We yeah. would not even get a slap on the wrist today. Yeah, I mean these guys, the Illuminati, and them. I mean they were wild, but they were still you know gentleman of intellect yeah. you know per se so like he we have some letters of Weishaupt where he's writing to his friends like just like basically just begging them for forgiveness like like this is not like me like please forgive me you know like what am I any but what's crazy is in the letter he kind of suggests um having the chick commit suicide wow because in the Illuminati they taught that death was the great sleep that after after you die you just you just peaceful sleep so it was kind of like a mind control method to get their people to do whatever they wanted them to do without the fear of, of dying or being tortured. 
So, um, and the that chick- would be like the ultimate thing for them. Then they're saying they're like, hey, no, that's good, man. You sleep, it'd be perfect. Like you're like in this yeah. perfect dream world type of thing, or is it just like just sleep to that nothingness? Just, just I guess. You know, he was an atheist, so he was just taught oh, like, yeah, oh, true. you just, you just, you just sleep. But yeah, he was suggesting on having her commit suicide, and, and but I guess she found out and like she like dipped and ran away and had the baby. So there's still a white top family line out there, I believe. You know, but um, yeah, and then Isaac Weissop, man. Day. Isaac Weissop, the oh yeah, I know. yeah, Isaac Weissop from Ten Four Hat. Yeah, I know. Right. I always wanted to ask. I I don't know if you just like use that as a nickname or that's his actual last name. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that. That's a good question. But um, yeah, so so all these things are going down. You know, they're being chased, and then um, there are raids. Raids start happening within like some of their houses, and start finding letters and all this stuff. And then uh, why stop? And his main guy, Bron Von Nigg, start like getting into fights, and we have letters of of Niggs stating that he's just upset. He, I mean, frustrated at, at Weissop, and even like uh, in one letter, it like kind of insinuated that he was going to beat him up, but like he had to calm himself down. He just he just was upset and like not down with Weissop's like strict atheism and just wild licentious behavior. So Bron Von Nigg actually ends up leaving the Illuminati which leaves like Weissop kind of like just left with all this like chaos of, of like paperwork and all these like thousands of, of like, uh, you know, apprentices initiates to, to run. And it just gets too much for him. And even his own initiates start, like, stop showing respect to him, kind of just thinking he's a crazy dude. So um, eventually the Illuminati is found out and then all these people are going to trial and people are kind of, you know, snitching and this and that. But then uh, Weissop kind of just gets a slap on the wrist. Him and Zwack get a slap on the wrist, but are exiled from Bavaria. So Weissop goes to live with one of his uh, royal friends in uh, Switzerland, I believe, or another part of Germany, and lives out his days up until the age of 80, uh, writing like apologetic letters or like um, reformed Illuminati doctrines and tries to claim like, oh, like I was just trying to do humanity a service. And he, he felt like he was um, misunderstood, you know, like he was he was trying to do humanity a service by forwarding us into a liber, liberating, uh, enlightened, uh, educated world. But uh, he ended up being disgraced and, and it was all taken down and dispersed. So, like, yeah, he felt like he was moving society into a and it kind of overwhelmed him, like. At first, like you said, the initiation of what you're probably trying to do is like what a lot of liberals would like, uh, you know, because I think they say like when you're young, you're a liberal, when you're older and you have kids that you're more conservative, like that's kind of the frame of things. And in really in reality, a balance is what everybody needs. Like you need to have compassion for people, but at the same time, be conservative of what you're going to do as far as like, hey, you can only have so much money, man. I got to conservatively spend, you know, and make sure uh, I can provide for my family. So the intent there is to enlighten the human race and to better it. But then like you get into that power struggle and that like forms of different people that you're now dealing with and him not having any ground of like base of a creator or anything like that it probably was overwhelming and then when these other people are kind of like you know lean towards a certain way like where they're like hey i have a god or or, or a creator and they and it's hard for him to grasp that. and i think that probably pushes you over to the edge where you're a little bit more wild than everybody else and you're misunderstood because they cannot at all understand where you're coming from because they're like no you got to read this is how we always do things a b c d and you're doing you know you're jumping around 
And I think that does drive a lot of people. And even we see it in the left, right? Like today, they try to do some things and the right too, because the right does the same thing. Like they usually, like right now, like they're trying to cancel Disney, but I'm like, you're barely trying to cancel Disney, man. Like, yeah. what about Pinocchio? Like I was listening to Tim Foyle had earlier with uh, Brewer on. They were talking about the Pinocchio stuff. You know what I mean? Like we've got the Little Mermaid stuff. Like, I mean, we could go on and on and on, on not even to the propaganda of World War II. And you're barely now you're barely boycotting. Why? Because you want to get, you want to dunk on the left. That's why. Yeah. That's the only reason why. Any other reason you'd leave it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it's just a, a pathetic man. Like idea, ideological war, like the true issues are never brought up, <clears throat> you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, the Illuminati was that, I mean, that was the Illuminati in, in its actual history, but then, and just to quote Robinson, you know, one of the primary sources during that time, he lists the six goals of the Illuminati, which are very interesting because we kind of see that being played out today by the New World Order. Um, he, he lists them as, you know, ab ab abolition of all ordered government, abolition of inheritance, meaning like private property. Uh, I don't know what the next one is, private property as well. So it's kind of kind of the same thing, inheritance and private property. Abolition of patriotism, we see that a lot. Um, the abolition of family or family values, and the abolition of religion. So these are the things that Illuminati was trying to down to, you know, institute this uh, new enlightened era. And even though the Illuminati failed, one of the last kind of stretches that they had um, conspiratorially was was the was the achievement of the. French Revolution. So a lot of scholars, including uh, Robertson and Barul, the primary sources, and some people after them, concluded that the French Revolution was was like the first official act where they succeeded in in their goals of uh, of toppling an old world system, an old government system, and installing now a puppet uh, um, politicians and, and and controlling the the nation's wealth as well. Because what happened with the French Revolution is there was a dude by the name of the Duke of Orleans. So again, like these old titles, like we can imagine it's like the governor of Orleans. And he was actually a cousin of Louis XVI. And for those who don't remember, Louis XVI and his wife, I believe, Mary Antoinette, um, were, the, were the last royals of the French monarchy. And it was the French Revolution that, that toppled them and they actually got executed, publicly executed. And so the Duke of Orleans, the cousin of Louis XVI, was, was fascinated by Freemasonry and was a friend and associate of Baron von Nigg and Zwack and Weishaupt through uh, one of their other primary um, leaders within the Illuminati by the name of, and uh, yeah, let me get his name real quick, but before, while I pull that up. Um, so the, so they, they basically just used the Duke of Orleans. They used his wealth because, of course, he was he was wealthy, and he was actually already the uh, the master of the Grand Orient of Freemasonry in France. Okay. So he was actually the, the leader of all the lodges in France. So it was it was easy for him to disseminate you know information to all the lodges. He was the source of the network, uh, Mirabel. That's who it was. So so. Um, the Duke of Orleans was initiated into the Illuminati by Mirabeau. And Mirabeau is already a highly regarded figure in French history, but he, but both historians are split on how they feel about him. 
because some, some people see Mirabeau as a great revolutionary because he helped institute the French Revolution. Because even in French history, like mainstream history, yeah. Mirabeau was on was was on the streets pushing propaganda, pushing, preaching like yo, let's 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 freedom, liberation. So then the other historians see him as a, a great traitor, right? Because he he allowed the monarch to be fucking publicly executed yeah. and the old world just be destroyed by all this ravaging revolution and craziness. So Mirabeau being an Illuminist, um, instituted of the the Duke of Orleans into Illuminati. And they utilize him, promising him, you know, um, with these uh, these rank of moving up the ranks of the Illuminati, because the Duke of Orleans actually liked secret societies and knowledge and hidden esotericism. So he was like hyped to learn more about the Illuminati. So they kind of played on that. And then um, later on, he wanted on, to he... feel like that 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 uh, exclusive club. Like it's more than yeah. power and money. It's like, man, I know this knowledge that nobody else knows. Yeah, I mean, he was already rich. Shit, you know what I mean? He was already rich. He was he was cousin of Louis XVI. He was royal. He was the the master of all the lodges in France. He was already rich. So it was like one of those cases of like a, a bored rich guy. And he know, already like had to have all shit. the power. You know, like you said, he's running all the the lodges in the country, and he's able to like have a lot of influence. So I think that it that's the thing is like you know how like when. Uh, certain billionaires or they want like a certain watch that, you know, like, hey, this is, there's only two made in the world. But I think knowledge is the thing that people thirst for the most because they know something that you don't know and that you'll never be able to know because yeah. you don't have enough power, influence, money, and, and connections to get this knowledge. And I think that's what holds it together. That's what people always ask, like, well, how do the, like, information does get out there. Where You're just told us a bunch of information about how it started. It's not like this information is hidden. Like, it's a little hidden. It's not easiest to find, but now it's easier with the internet. You know what I mean? You don't have to go, yeah. like, swim, like, go dig up, like, you know, some old scrolls or something. People were writing books back then. <laughs> People, I know it seems like a long time ago, 16, 1700, really isn't. You know what I mean? 300 years, yeah. like, only... We only think that it evolved so fast because when, you know, computers and TVs, that technology, boom, kept jumping, you know? And so I think people think everything jumps like that. But there is jumps, but not everything, you know? Like, as far as yeah. us as humans, that's a slow grind, you know what I mean? Like, building up who we are and how do we critically think. And I think that things like that are part of our DNA where we are critical thinkers now because people did push against the limits. Maybe if they never did we would still continuously to see the same thing. Like I was uh, watching this movie the other night called Free Guy. It's about like an NPC yeah, character. I've this, seen it. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Like yeah. I was like, you know, okay, interesting. Like I I, I kind of felt like they were kind of laying on thick about the whole, like this is the first AI alive. And I felt like that was something they wanted. But I thought like, yeah, that's also if you can look at it as a good thing. Like, yeah, you know, everybody's this uh, NPC just living life. No, I'm not going to get in. It's causing trouble until one day something makes you care. You care about something or so much that you're like, I can't lose it or or I have to see something different. Once you start thinking, it's it's like you said, I heard something on a song. Then I had to look it up. Then there was this other pebble that I had to turn over. Then I had to turn over this rock, this rock. And, and it's it just like a waterfall. You know, it's like a little... A little drop yeah. here and there, and then push, next thing you know, you're like, whoa. And, and that's with everything, whether it's uh, music, uh, 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 hidden history, is it is it uh, art, anything you want to learn. But once you're passionate about it and you get that one little, that little itch, you know, everybody calls it like whether it's sports even, you know, I got the itch. You get that itch and boom, man, you keep you keep going down that proverbial rabbit hole that everybody talks about. But I think that you can connect a lot of things and see this is real. Like it's not like, 
hey, man, uh, you know, say UFOs, for instance, right? Like, we can speculate yeah. on UFOs and flat earth and is this and that. And, like, I'm not a, I'm not a scientist. I, I, I don't know every, like, you know, like, people could th use big words or, or put down, like, terminology that I don't understand. And then, like, I might go, yeah, I guess. Like, but when you're talking about, like, no, look, this guy wrote this, dude. Like, it's not like I'm saying it. This is somebody from that time actually getting an insight on what's going on. And there it is. And now you, if you could get both what the best thing to do would get both versions, right? The one that's talking good about YSOP and the one that's kind of talking negativity and then kind of put it together yourself. And then you could get the best picture you can. But there is yeah. stuff. My point is that there is stuff that we can point to. And I think that more people should need to have conversations like that to where we could put it forth. You know, like it's not just about like, like, I think we get too focused on talking about like politics and everybody falls into that. But it's like, no, no, no. It's us as us. Let's look through what human history, what we have been capable of as humans. N not about if he's a billionaire, if, if you're a pleb or none of that shit. What are humans capable of? Then once you see what humans are capable of, then we start trying to figure out how society should work. But what every, every time what happens is there's few at top that feel like they are the enlightened ones or they're the powerful ones or they're the ones that have all the knowledge. And that's why me personally, I get upset with anybody where like when I'm talking, when they're like, oh, no. 100% this happened, like, and you're like, but no, but it's something that we don't know about, like, right, obviously, if you saw yeah. someone punch somebody in the face, then, like, you saw that, but I'm talking about things we speculated on that go, <laughs> nah, man, I know that Bigfoot's real, I, I think Bigfoot could be real, I'm not even saying it's not, but you have to at least have the option and the open-mindedness, the open-mindedness of to be like, hey, I'm open-minded, and I'll hear you out, and, and that's when we could listen to all stuff. Like, I like the whole thing when they talk about a lot of those, uh, you know, Bigfoot and Dogman and stuff, where they're more like inter interdimensional beings or like, is it projected in our brain? Is it something that we're seeing? There's, there is a lot of options. But when you focus on, no, it's just this, then we're never going to really truly know because you only want to see that one perspective instead of looking at it all, like where we could see each piece fall together. Like, oh, you know what? You're right about that. That is a real footprint. But maybe that's caused because of da-da-da. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much for yeah. us to learn, man. And just history tells us a lot. Like, just right now, you're everything you said about the Illuminati, I could we could connect it into politics in the last 30, 40, 50 years. Yeah, dude, absolutely. And, and I was just kind of moving through that briefly. But for anybody who's interested, you know, go check out you know, the documentary I made on Esoteric Eddie TV on YouTube. But um or you can even like go read those books, you know, go read that prime prime source material. And I'll put the John link up. Robinson. I'll put the link up when we post this out and put it up on the telegram and the YouTube. I mean, the Instagram and all that, man. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate that. Um, but also like, and we still have white sops writings to this day, dude. Uh, he's, I think he's got like something close to 20, 20 books that he published in his lifetime, but only like two or three were, were translated in English. So there's some work for somebody to do out there, but you can even read Weissop's writings. I mean, that still exists to this day, you know, so knowledge is out there, you know, you just have to seek it. You know what I mean? Like the TV isn't going to, isn't going to, isn't going to give it to you, you know, or your IG feed isn't going to bring yeah. it to you. I mean, sometimes people like us, <laughs> sometimes, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like people like us might bring it to you, you know, on your IG feed or on YouTube or, or your podcast. But even then, man, like eventually you're going to have to step out and, and do that research yourself if you really, really, really want to know. Well, plus there's only I, so much we can know, too. And like, like for instance, like when we're trying to learn, it's not like we're not trying to learn everything, but you, it's impossible to learn and, and obtain all the knowledge is impossible. You know what I mean? Like. 
That's why yeah. we you need everybody researching. You do a little bit, I do a little bit. You you know what I mean? We all play our parts. That way we can all kind of like put the p puzzle together. And I think that's why we got to get rid of some of the arrogance of like I'm absolutely right and more of just being like an open mind critical thinker. You know what I mean? Where we're like, "Okay, uh, I could see I'm with you 50/50 right off the bat. Now let's go and let's go through the evidence and see what we could do." Like if we were going to uh, win a court case, right? If we're going to win a court case, which is the public opinion, we got to put a, we have to put stuff out there. Now, when we're planting seeds and that doesn't mean you can't have conversations. That doesn't like you have to have wild conversations because if you don't speculate, how are you going to come up with ideas of where you're like, oh, that's it. How many times have you yeah. been like going through a thought process or something? You're like, how could that be? And then you're like out of nowhere, like you can just be. Yeah. But since you it was on your brain so much. That when you're just doing something around, you could be randomly at work and it just clicks and you're like, oh, yeah, I know what that is now. Now I get it. Now I can understand what they're doing. Like when you were talking about the Illuminati, I was just saying like, see, that's what I seen out of all of that is like where you get, when you, you know, psychology and then to the Edward Bernays and to how we use that to do maybe not just get people to do what we want, but to make society how we want. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. just about controlling like. Oh, I want to make sure Sean's over here. No, no, it's it's in general how they want society. And they go, well, the yeah. only way we're going to change society is we have to change their minds because there's more of them than there is us. Our ideas may, I think a lot of these people think they're that they're superior in a way, like their intelligence and, and spirituality of they're on a level that most of us plebs aren't so that they have the gift to guide us. That's how it feels a lot of times. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, going back to, the, the beginning of the conversation, I think there are like basically three different types of Illuminati. There are three Illuminatis. There is the Illuminati of Weissop, right? That was the actual historical Illuminati that rose and fell. And then we have the Illuminati ideology, which is, or, or the Illuminists, which are, they are sometimes called, which are anybody, you know, politicians, theologians, people who aspire to the same ideas of the Illuminati which is basically, um, you know, start proxy wars, um, take down governments or organizations, and then install your guys into that, and then utilize culture and pop culture to also shift the, the mind of the, of the society to accept that new government before it is formed. That's kind of the, the basic of the Illuminati ideology. And then there's the third Illuminati, which is the, the conspiratorial Illuminati, which everything else falls under, you know, like the, the Jay-Z's and the music industry and all that stuff, which may or may not be a part of it, but, you know, for whatever reason, shows likeness to it you know because the idea the ideology the philosophy the concept of the of the illuminati is, is, is fascinating it makes for great art you know especially with the eye on the pyramid and, and everything so you know art imitates life so i you know whenever i see somebody throwing out Illumin like for example like freddie gibbs right he just dropped that project with alchemist uh like a year ago or something yeah he's got a line in there where he says i pray to illuminati you know and it's like i'm not going to take that literal you know they were both on the same kind of level, you know what I mean? And that's nice to see, like, other, like, uh, hip-hop, like, you know, like, inspired people, you know what I mean? I don't know, what, did you graph? Did you do graph or uh, MC? I was around all of it. Yeah, well, I did uh, mostly MCing, mostly MC, but I grew up around uh, graffiti. My, my two older brothers were, were still um, pretty prominent graph heads out here in Southern California. Oh, see, from um, so that's where I'm from. I'm from Southern California, Riverside, Corona area. Oh, where? Dude, San Diego. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, we got to link up one of these days. Yeah, well, now I'm in Michigan, though. Now I'm up out oh, yeah. But I go, but, but when I'm out there, for sure. 
Like, cause I be, yeah, I yeah, go yeah. see my daughter and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I grew up all around. I mean, I, I was a tagger at one point. You know what I mean? But I never gotten the only thing out of hip hop that I took serious. I, you know, was was the MCing. Yeah. But I grew up all around all of it. But uh, yeah, no man. I mean, uh, yeah. I don't know how much more time you got, but had a couple of things I wanted to kind of get through that. I oh no, you're good. Of, uh, yeah, it's up to you, man. I still got like with like another 30, 40 minutes. Okay, but yeah, I guess just going back to the um the whole. Freddie Gibbs thing, but like, yeah, so there's three different Illuminati's. And of course the last one is, is the generic Illuminati that, you know, we kind of place all these random things under and that's the pop culture Illuminati. Right. So like I was saying, Freddie Gibbs has a line where it's just like, I pray to Illuminati, you know, it's just, it's just a cool thing to say at this point, you know, so that's the pop culture Illuminati just to, that has nothing to do with the actual historical or ideological Illuminati. As you see, Kanye and them are trying to steal that, uh, not steal it, but uh, rebrand it, the Numen, the Numenani or whatever. Like they keep. Like, oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, he, him, the game, a couple other people. They're called like they keep saying it in their raps, like the Numen. And it's weird because uh, some of the conspiracy holes I've went down through the years. It talks about how Jay Z kind of wants yeah. to have his own like Illuminati. And I think that's the thing that people for, uh, uh, tend to un- not misunderstand too, is that it's not just one organization, not one secret society. It's not one group. There's many groups. There's many families. And they all have similar ideas of how they want uh, society to be, but it's it varies. And they want to be at the top of this hierarchy because I think that it's all like a pyramid, right? Like it, it yeah. I mean, no pun intended, but you know what I mean? Like you got your, <laughs> yeah. like at the top, uh, whether family or organizations, whatever you want to call it, doesn't matter how many there are. You have them at the top, but then below them, you have the politicians, the lawmakers, the judges, you know, the people that actually could put, and then below that you have the influencers, the rappers, the actors, the singers, the artists, the people that actually kind of get the people to open up right like music is a great form to get into people's brain because like the frequency like kind of puts you in a trance and and if you notice i'm uh, being a hip-hop fan you definitely have to notice that now all of hip-hop has been very trancy not all of hip-hop there's still some uh pretty dope music but i'm saying for mostly speaking it's really like this frequency like there's no more day laws and tribes as much you know what i mean that was all kind of killed off you know that positive hip-hop movement that spurred was killed by you know gangster rap where there's you know conspiracies of people signing and saying that and, and i believe it and i think it's these uh organizations with illuminati but i think you're right that people dress it up like so is Jay-Z just using this to sell records to like build his image of the brand of who he is? Cause he purposely picked Rockefeller, right? Rockefeller. Yeah. It, that's a weird guy to go after, especially like you're like, first of all, like that white guy that like it, the oil tycoon, like it makes no sense. Like, uh, obviously I know the spin of business and they're trying to say making money, but you know what that's attached to, especially now when you're trying to be social justice warriors and you're saying, no, 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 this, this isn't, well then what's up with Rockefeller, man? We know where that comes from and the guy who who is a tyrant, you know what I mean? And and is involved in many uh, conspiracies of which people connect him to and the whole family. Yeah. And and you decide to attach to that. So I think you're right. I think it's kind of like similar, though, uh, someone naming themselves after a character Scarface or, or any mob flick because it's it's these characters that people are playing. So I think it gets confusing for people where every where people think every single artist is Illuminati and you're like, no, that guy's just throwing it up. Like, and it confuses people. I know, I think there is big time influencers that, you know, pass on messages, not necessarily that they go to the Illuminati meeting, but they, they, you know, they're in the right circles that give them the messages that are passed on. But if to 
this weird thought of every single person is Illuminati. Like, oh, well, they're famous now. They're definitely they sold their soul to the devil. Definitely they're uh, Illuminati. I remember that was a big thing. Remember when Bone Thugs came out and everybody's like, Psh, yeah, of course they're famous. They fucking sold their soul to the devil. I'm not saying they did or didn't. I have no idea. But I think yeah. we get to this fantasy of like, then it makes us feel, I think that is intended as PSYOP on us to make us feel like we can't accomplish things, right? Oh, there's no way I could be uh, uh, sell that many records because I'm not in the Illuminati or I'm not uh, a devil worshiper. It makes us not even, now we don't even try, right? Because what's the point? Like, yeah. what's the point? I'll just do my thing. I don't care about being famous. Not even fame, but you know what I mean? Making money off of this. Yeah. Because now that you can only do that if you're fill in the blank. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, exactly. And you know what's funny is nobody researches the Illuminati more in depth than a Messianic Christian. You know, like you, like the Christians on YouTube and stuff, or like they're always going in on the everything's Illuminati, everything's Satan, Satan and Lucifer at the top of the Illuminati. Like Pat Robertson's famous yeah. book, The New World Order. And I actually, I just some of the notes that I was going to get into right now, I uh, picked from this honestly fantastic essay it's like a 300 page essay um uh, by uh, a christian and it's titled the need for tech the need for teaching the eschatological gospel of both comings of jesus christ in the 21st century um especially as we see the day of his parousia approaching super long title but uh it's by david k hebert h-e-b-e-r-t um I just started like getting into it last night and I was trying to pick out some like very cool points out of it, but it's like 300 pages and, and um, the Christians, yeah, man, the Christians, they have the most in-depth, you know, details when it comes to the Illuminati because they, for them and their religion, you know, they're obsessed with it because for them, this world is ran by Satan or Lucifer and the Illuminati is under them. And then everything else falls under that. So everything in our culture, in our world is just a symbol or a message that is being, you know, uh, trickled down from late, like from Satan and stuff. But um, whether you subscribe to that theological belief or not, some of the historical or academic research these guys do is, is uh, fucking amazing, man. So I, I haven't even read this whole pa this whole paper, but just like the the probably forty pages that I did last night, where I picked out some just amazing pieces of information, and um, another uh, guy who wrote on the Illuminati early on, post Illuminati, he, he was in the nineteenth century, so or no, twentieth century in the nineteen hundreds, was a dude by the name of uh, uh, what's his name, dude? He wrote pawns, pawns in the game. Ah, uh, shit, give me a second here. But it was another very important anti-Illuminati work, like, early on. Um, pawns in the game, pawns in the game. I agree with you, though, but too, it, with the, the, like, and then not pick on any religion, but anybody that, like, yeah. specifically, like, I know me personally, like, I grew up Catholic, but then, like, me personally, I just feel like there's a whole different... I don't even know what to call it. People ask me all the time, and I'm like, look, dude, I don't know yet, because I'm still trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? Like... I know all I know is there's my I have my creator and I think I have my own personal journey and each person has their own personal journey. But I agree that this group think of religion has came forth and said that like they even say me just because I don't like if I don't subscribe to what they exactly say, they're like, Shit, that's the devil. And you're like, damn, man, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I can't like, yeah, I can't like anything. I can't research anything because it's the devil. Like it's like that uh uh Bobby Boucher, you know what I mean? It's the devil. It's, <laughs> it's the devil. Yeah, dude. It's, it's like, as Robert Anton Wilson would put it, you know, it's the new inquisition. 
you know. And um, so the dude's name was William Guy Carr. Okay. He wrote a couple, se- several books. He was a an English-born Canadian naval officer, author, and conspiracy theorist. Uh, he died in 1959. So, shit, he was actually born in 1895. So he was actually tail end of like, you know, the classical Illuminati era. Yeah. But uh, he wrote Satan, Prince of This World, um, Pawns in the Game, which Pawns in the Game is like a, like a, a cult or sorry, a conspiratorial uh, classic, kind of like with William Cooper's uh, Behold the Pale Horse. So Pawns in the Game, if anybody wants to get into some deep Illuminati stuff. So in, in that book, he postulates that Weishaupt, after before Weishaupt died, um, as, this, as uh, David Hebert says in this essay, before Weishaupt died, he passed the baton off to uh, an Italian revolutionary by the name of Giuseppe Mazzini. Now, the fascinating thing about Giuseppe Mazzini, um, besides the fact that he was an Italian revolutionary who was utilizing the same Illuminist ideals, he was toppling the Italian um, democratic governments at the time and kind of fostering in this nationalistic, communistic idea and was successful to some degree until later on he was taken out. What What is cool is or interesting is that apparently um, he uh, created the mafia and now this isn't for fact, this is kind of speculative, but apparently the mafia is an acronym um, for, where is it? It's, it's, it's an acronym for Mazzini Autoriza Furti Incendi Avalanamenti, meaning Mazzini authorizes theft, arson, and poisoning. So after Weishaupt, so after Weishaupt died and, and we're going, so, so and Weishaupt died in the late 1800s, and then apparently, or mid to late 1800s, and apparently uh, Giuseppe Mazzini took control or leadership of the Illuminati in 1834, so right before the 1900s. So when the 1900s came, like as I said at the beginning of the podcast, that's when things like just went berserk for, for the, the governments of the world because there was this corporatism, industrial revolution. But before that, there were still the ideological revolutions happening, you know, with the French Revolution, the Illuminati, and now the Italian Revolution through Giuseppe Mazzini. So they were setting up the world for ideological revolution, communism, Karl Marx, stuff like that. Um, So Giuseppe Mazzini takes over and does his thing. And then there's just all these different uh, branches that start occurring throughout the world. all starting with the Illuminati, with the Weishaupt, and then Mazzini, and then even in Egypt and Britain and Islam and all these different things. Uh, but an interesting thing is that there was a, a, a supposed letter written between Mazzini and, and Albert Pike. Now, are you familiar with Albert Pike? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, and for those who don't know, Albert Pike is like one of the most uh, famous or most significant notorious, right? Yeah, time. yeah, and notorious, right? Like everybody, yeah, like- notorious. Yeah, and he's even he's just even uh, famous for American history. He he was he's the only Confederate officer that we have a like a statue of in like at Washington D.C. or something. Um, don't quote me on that, but something like that. You know, we have a statue of him somewhere. But he was he was a Confederate leader and like just this super like 
uh, accredited guy, which is in his own right, in his own life. But as a Freemason, he wrote one of the most significant Freemason books called Morals and Dogma, which was like, which is regarded as like the, the Masonic Bible in a, in a sense. But there's a, a supposed letter between Mazzini and Albert Pike, and it talks about a plan on I- initiating the three world wars. And um, trying to pull it up here, just to give you a brief, uh, you know, overview of it. But it's interesting. So it and the letter is dated in 1971. And it, Pike, so Pike gave Mazzini plans for world con- conquest by three world wars to usher in the new world order. And the goals of those of those wars would be World War One to enable communism to destroy czarism in Russia. Basically, again, using ideology to take down old world governments. And the reason being is you have to get rid of those old world nationalistic governments because they have old money, they have old power, they have loyal families, loyal citizens, and you can't move forward in a globalist government if there's still a very powerful nationalistic um, kingdom. And especially like we said earlier, if you have the... Uh, court of public opinion like if this old usually an old monarch or an old like regime is going to have most of the 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 people right because they're like ah this is what we've always had most people don't like change so to shake it up and be like all of a sudden now it's going to be this new rule it has to be slowly manipulating other people where they go hey man did you know blah blah blah. that's when the secrets and the rumors and you get one side and then, like, you know, and now the CIA and, and different, uh, you know, MI6 and all these intelligence agencies have become great at this where they they start coups like that. You know, you go you start one opposing side where they go, hey, man, you know, these Nazis over here. Da, da, da. And then you go to the, and you start the other side so that they could clash with each other. That's what I felt for the longest time that we're going through with uh, like the whole Obama Trump thing. I, I felt like it was done intentionally to have one side radicalized and then you needed an opposition. So you got the opposition and then you got to radicalize the other side where now people are not focusing on their inner self and 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 what can be best for all humans now you're like hey red team blue team yeah it's it's uh it's called the hegelian dialectic dialectic which was the the, the name of prodigy's last album yeah. which was all about the illuminati which was weird it was a weird album it was a cool one very weird but that's what it is it's basically you uh you propose a, a problem which you already have a predetermined solution for. So you propose the problem, you give the predetermined solution, and then you create a synthesis and you shift the problem and the solution or the society into a new direction. And so uh, going back to this supposed World War letter, so the first one, World War I, was to enable communism to destroy Tsarism in Russia, which is exactly what happened. World War II was to, it was to uh, use fascist versus political Zionists, so uh, Germany versus Britain, and then post-war communism will be in a position to take over governments and weaken religions worldwide in the establishment of the state of Israel. And then World War III, which we have somewhat yet to see, uh, kind of, but when you'll see why, but it, it, the plan was to have political Zionists versus the leaders of the Muslim world, so Judaism versus Islam, to destroy each other, bring the entire world into battle, create chaos, and finally to prepare the way for the new world order. Um, where so that's pretty close, man. Be... Like we're <laughs> man, like if you think right? about like nine eleven, right? Like the whole the whole purpose of why nine eleven. Like if you just look at on the surface level, where they talk about that uh, Osama was fed up with uh, uh, 
the United States government, right? Because they had hired them, you know, to to get rid of the Russians. And then now they're like kind of like their relation had soured. And he goes, well, what we're going to do is we're going to put them. Uh, uh, the 9-11 wasn't the attack, like killing 3,000 people with uh, side up aside, right? Like I'm just saying like that wasn't the intent behind it. The intent was to uh, put America into a 20, 30, 40 year war to bankrupt them. That was like the 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 message behind what Osama was saying. He said, "My, you know, I want to put them into this war to where it's going to be endless. You know what I mean? They're not going to win it. It's going to be like Vietnam all over again. And 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 they waste money. And and you can see both sides. But then when you step take a step back and like what you're saying, man, it seems like perfect. That's when you take the step back and you go back into a higher level of that pyramid and you go, okay, what they're trying to do is, yeah, the Osama's saying this. Uh, uh, towers going down or what's happening in the middle east we're getting what we want right that's where we need this, yeah. to this world war three to implement everything and it seems like everything they've been doing in the last 20 years that i can remember has been everything in the middle east yemen syria uh the the, the iran i keep thinking this whole russia um Ukraine thing is to push us against Iran. So that to me, that's right up the alley. I, I thought that was the first place we're going to have a proxy war with Iran because, you know, all the countries they want. And it just makes sense. I can't think of his name right now. I think he was a, a defense secretary under Bush or something like that. And he he had came out a while like or in the defense department. And he had a big old where he talked about seven countries that they want to invade seven countries in the next Kissinger. No, it wasn't Kissinger. It was uh, um another guy. It was like he was he was talking about it. Um, I can't think of his name right now. But it, it, I'll send it to you later. He he, yeah, yeah. he um was basically saying like the plan. He was he wasn't supposed to. He was like kind of going again. Like, hey man, well, this is what they want to do. Uh, yeah. And and nobody believed. Like they're like, ah, I don't know, man. We had to go to Iraq. No, we didn't have to go to Iraq or Afghanistan. So now that makes a lot of sense. Now that you're and this is not like written twenty years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like forty years ago. You know what I mean? What you're reading right now is something that was written fucking what like two three hundred years ago. Like, oh well, no! This this was this was uh, so apparently it was written uh, in the eighteen forties. Still over so, two, like one twenty, one twenty ish, one forty, right? Yeah, damn, yeah, yeah. It's close to two hundred years now. It's crazy. Imagine that! How like that's crazy though, and and they're like, seems pretty clear, pretty good that it worked out so yeah. far. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a conspiratorial letter, speculative, so meaning that there's there's no hard evidence yeah. that the letter is real. But that one of the first people to bring it to light was was a, a, a conspiratorial writer by the name of uh, Lady Queenborough. She has got uh, this, this this book called Occult uh, Theocracy, which is an amazing book. That's I just out. my homie just actually sent me um, the two copies, the two volumes. It's just amazing work, and she wrote that. So even if if she made it up, you know, even if she did, which I don't think she did, because yeah. she was a fascinating academic writer, she wrote that like in, in the early 1900s. You know, so like, yeah, man, I mean, I don't see her making, I think it's real. I think the letter is real. It's just been burned or forgotten or something. I definitely too. Cause like, I think like, uh, I had got, uh, uh, Amy says, what the fuck's book, uh, Synarchy. Like that one's like, and everybody says you can't find it no more, but I think cause she only probably wrote like, I mean, not wrote, but had like a limited uh, amount. But the thing that was good, great about it is that like, it's just documenting the families, you know, of the black nobility and the, the whole, tr the whole, the hierarchy of these families that have through time, which to me makes it make sense, right? Like not only just evidence, yeah. but it has to be logical. If, if I go, Hey man, there's this crazy thing that comes down and like, it, no one's going to believe me, even if I'm right. Like, even if I'm like, you know what I mean? It's not going to, yeah. it's just not going to work that way. But if I can go, Hey man, 
There's, do you believe that there's billionaires ruin, ruling the world right now? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, there's these families that will make them look like peasants, you know, money-wise. Like, the, these families, money is, like, not even a thing, I don't think, for some of these people. Like, you know what I mean? As far as, like, they have so much. They, they're, they're talking about, you're talking about raw materials, you know, diamonds, uh, uh, probably oil. You know what I mean? Like, actual minerals of the earth, like, trading. Like, they own parts of the earth you know what i mean like the where this is yeah. like this is their world they they so they feel you know like they feel like hey we own so much of this and we've been in charge of this for for centuries like you're talking about centuries and centuries of families that were afraid uh i think wasn't it with the phoenicians and all that like where they were saying that they, you know they were worried about getting ex so worried about extinction that they were like inbreeding you know what i mean and and making these bloodlines stay alive because they were worried about it and they kept passing them on and i think they said like the black nobility kind of started in like italy or something like and that's where they also say ties of the mafia too so that's why i kind of like I feel like the black nobility, the uh, mafia, the Illuminati, all that stuff is kind of in, in, in Masons and, and all the other secret sites. Yeah. It's all entangled together because it's these elitists, which we're always battling. No matter what the generation is, we're always battling regular people that are just trying, like the working class versus elites. That's how it's always been. And, and the problem is, is that too many of the working class people fall for the elitist tricks. Yeah, they're just regular people with elite knowledge, you know. But um, yeah, man, just to kind of wrap it all up, you know. Uh, some of the stuff I was just I was just kind of like reading last night, so I, even I was just kind of like blown away by some of the stuff, and I, I could not, you know, highlight all the stuff this dude put in this essay. Well, it takes a while to but, absorb everything, too, man. I'm the same way. Like you got to read it and then kind of like bounce it off, you know. That's why it's always good to like have like little sessions and then you go back to it like wait what the fuck like <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i'm always highlighting stuff but but um yeah just to wrap it up like so so the illuminati was real you know it started in 1776 in uh, bavaria germany by adam weissop and his homies and you know they were trying to do what they thought was a good thing by liberating the world from the church and state but it got to weissop's head with the atheism and just the control of society and him taking the reins of that control and um, as they were exposed and, and they had fights within the order, it broke out. And then um, ex he, Weissop was exiled and continued to write and still has books that you can read today. There are primary sources about the Illuminati that you can read today. There's even a, a George Washington letter where he mentions the Illuminati that you can read today. Um, but the conspiratorial aspect of it is what happened after Weissop and people like you know, those primary sources and like this, this essay that I mentioned or um, Pawns in the Game by, uh, by William Guy Carr, all speculate what happened after. And apparently it, it, it shifted to Giuseppe Mazzini and then communism. And then um, even over in Egypt and with the Islamists and in the Arabian world with the, with the yeah. Islamists who were infiltrating and creating all these crazy, you know, destructive ideologies as well. And, and as you say, it's just all inter intertwined and became this just complex system of, of, a, of a breakaway civilization, almost similar to like the John Wick universe. If you've ever seen the movies yeah. where it's like, there's the, the normal world. And then there's the world of the, of the, of the breakaway of a civilization where all like you know there's just the shadowy people operate on a literally operate on a different finance system on a different internet system on a different everything system but uh yeah man i mean i'll just kind of leave it at that for now and uh i'll let you wrap up um any finishing thoughts and if it's cool with you 
I want to just uh, spit a 16 for the people. Oh, yeah, man. Of course. Yeah, that, that's dope. Yeah, that, I didn't even expect that was unexpected. I would say to just like I would do the same as you, man. I think that uh, I like going down these uh, like um, like I said, it's not like I'm going to actually finally, I think in a couple of weeks, do like a flat earth episode. Like a lot of people ask me, but I'm not. That's not really my thing. My thing is just like. The avenue of like human nature, you know what I mean? That's why Illuminati, the Club of Rome, like the uh, uh, all these organizations, we could go on and on with the organizations, but it's really human nature, right? Like how we interact with each other. And if we can learn how to not necessarily manipulate, but to prevent this manipulation from people or to kind of like be some kind of medicine towards this manipulation, I think that's what these conversations are for. You know, like now everything you just said, anybody can go look up. And I think that's what it is. You know what I mean? So we got Esoteric Eddie about to uh, drop a 16 for us right quick. You need a B or? No, no. I'm going to just do uh, acapella, acapella right, for sure. like po poem style, you know, just nice and chill. Yeah, this is hype. I never really get into my hip hop side with all these podcasts, you know. So, But you've been a hip hop head. I'm sure you'll appreciate it. All right. <clears throat> so uh, this is 16. So uh, here it goes. We in the land of the mighty dollar, but the eye on the dollar is even stronger. Man, why do I even bother? Y'all don't want to hear that. Y'all just want to hear me slaughter a beat. Fuck it. I'll join the top as long as the Rothschild daughter a freak. I'll be a part of elites. Uh, to populate through the carnage and creeds. To disrupt your harmony peace. It's the harvest to reap. Occult secrets be harsh. The harvest to keep. Gotta tarnish your sleep. Gotta harness your chi. Keep it honest and G. It ain't a game, but call it monopoly. The way a criminal psychopath can take office and lead. Just with the Harvard degree. But the truth has parted from seed. Watered by Julian Assange when he started his leaks. Yeah, he got them, but they still farthest from reach. Bases on Mars in the deep. Making your fashion through slave labor product that's cheap. That's what I'm talking about, dog. I'm going to have to flip that around and put that as the outro this time because I always usually end out on song and that kind of works out perfect. <laughs> hey, there you go. There you go. Well, let's let tell all the people where they can like reach you at, man, so they can like, you know, check out your books, check out uh, any of your work, your your podcasts. I mean, not podcasts, uh, Instagrams or podcasts you're on, anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, check me out on Instagram, Esoteric Eddie. Uh, a lot of uh, exclusive content on there, just daily life stuff on there. Uh, and you can also check me out on YouTube at Esoteric Eddie TV. I did release a book last December called The Lucifer Mystery Revealed. It's an academic perspective on the history of Lucifer. Got a lot of projects coming out over the next couple of years. So hit me up on IG or YouTube. Um, I got other platforms as well that I'm not as active. But if you want, you can check me out on Twitter, Esoteric Eddie. And I got a bit shoot basically that I use as a backup for, you know, if YouTube's ever tripping. But it's, it's under Esoteric Eddie or Esoteric Eddie TV, I believe. But yeah, hit me up if anybody wants to collab or just you know wants to wants to just conversate or whatever. You know, I'm open to to anything. Yeah, and I'll have all your links, man, in this because I know some people are lazy because you can like spell it out for them and everything, and they'll they'll forget to go. You know, you have to like, hey, I get it. Like I'm like I'm the same way. I can't talk shit. Like, I'll be like, where's the link, man? Like, I want to gotta so have, have, the link, have all the links right there, man. Man, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you stopping by and like you know dropping that heat for everybody, man. Because that that was some good shit, man. Like that, I don't think everybody really knows like so much about the Illuminati as a start like that. Thank you, man. Appreciate it.
It was a good time. Had a good time. And you know how we do it here. Wake the fuck up or get woke the fuck up. All right, we out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.